Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. This is NFL Trend Zone. We are the podcast of FranchiseTag.com. It's a website that's been up and running for about three months, so head on over and check that out. So this is the uh, the time where we get around. We talk about the NFL Week's events. I'm your host, Dustin Baker, and I'm here with Franchise Tag's own Wesley Johnson, Jason Bowen. This week, we're going to go through the NFC and AFC South draft fallout analysis. And we'll probably get into some Julio Jones stuff, the salary cap information that kind of broke today, maybe Aaron Rodgers and maybe Deshaun Watson with time permitting. So that's on the docket tonight. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Um, BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Uh, for example, I was on there a few days ago, and the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA are the fourth most likely team to win the chip. Um, so if you, uh, excuse me, the second most likely team to win the chip, the Utah Jazz were the fourth. So if you believe in the Lakers, uh, take a slide on over there and put some money on LA. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So as promised, this evening, we're going to do the Souths, so to speak, the AFC and uh, NFC South draft fallout, and then we'll get into some other week's topics. So to start off, uh, we have the talking points for the NFL draft that is now firmly in our rear view, but we're going through it systemically to um, analyze some of the draft items. So the first is uh, the AFC South, and we'll go to you, Wes. Um, let's see. Who would you say had the most solid draft class out of that bunch? I will go with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans won the division last year, um, and then they they were able to stock up. Uh, they got Caleb Farley defensive back in the first round, came back in the second, got uh, Rodnitz from the offense tackle from North uh, Dakota State. Um, they also got Eric Molden defensive back from Washington. Uh, they were really porous in the secondary, so adding uh, two high-quality defensive backs early uh, really addresses their most pressing need and, you know, should benefit them moving forward. All right, Jason, I'll give you second dibs. Uh, which, which team had a solid draft in that division, if not the Titans? Yeah, I got, well, you know, I got to agree with, with Wes there on that one with Tennessee. I think the, I think the Titans got the, the biggest, um, sleeper in the draft as well, or not sleeper, but best, uh, quality pick in that in Elijah Molden. Um, to be able to snag him at, at pick a hundred um, to, to pair with Farley, who I thought, you know, they did really well there as well. So, I mean, you know, all points that you guys made are, are pretty solid. I am going to pivot back to something I said three weeks ago. Uh, I'm listen. This is a little controversial because a lot of people didn't like the Colts draft. I think I saw some analysts that gave them a C plus and stuff like that, but I don't care. Um, they, have a history of drafting um, with competence. That's the team that drafted Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. Uh, so I am going with the top-heavy uh, draft of the Colts, in which they snagged Quiddy Pay 
and Deo Odenabo, uh, two edge rushers. Um, Justin Houston is still a free agent, and he played there the last two years, so I think they are rebuilding the defensive trenches. And I don't really care what they did afterward. They did uh, Kylan Granson, tight end, Sean Davis, safety, and I think that they have a track record, so I'm going to go with the easy one and say uh, the Colts because I trust them. Uh, the next uh, little facet of the AFC South would be uh, let's see. Questionable draft. One of you might say the Colts, and that's fine and dandy. What do you have, Wes? Uh, Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> For a team that you know traded away a lot of their picks uh, to use their first pick in the third round on a developmental quarterback, uh, one that has a history of injury, um, regardless of the Deshaun Watson situation, uh, I think it was a reach and didn't set them up to uh, have a successful draft going forward from there. Okay. Are you at the, you echoing the same thing, Jason? Cause I sure will be. Well, yeah, I mean, any, anything <laughs> the Texans do, you got a question. <laughs> you just got to just almost, yeah, they're going to be, <laughs> I'm still trying, every time they get brought up, I always think about how many picks did they give up for Laramie Tunsil? Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like they're going to be paying for that till <laughs> 2030. Well, they got, um, I don't even know if you'd say, they didn't get lucky, but here's what happened is that all those weird moves that O'Brien was concocting um, went under the radar because you had the supremacy of Watson at quarterback. So he could guide the ship to the playoffs yeah. and mask some of the stupidity that O'Brien was doing in the background. I mean, he couldn't even do that, though. I mean, you know, he couldn't even <laughs> mask that. Yeah, oh, no, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not the atrocities, you know, when they would do relief. Like, yeah, like the, the news and the fallout and the trade, like who won the trade. It was a no brainer that the other team won it. But because the Texans train kept rolling around, uh, rolling around to the playoffs, uh, it kind of felt like, well, maybe there's a grander plan. He could just be an idiot, but at least we have Watson and right. uh, we'll get into this in about a half hour. We don't even know if that's going to happen anymore. So Jeez. we're all going to go with the Texans. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was silly that uh, Davis Mills uh, would go to them in the third round. I thought he was more of a fourth or fifth round, but just like a lot of quarterbacks, his stock climbed in the last few weeks. Um, so, so be it for high value pick um, on that. I have, uh, Brady Christensen, he went to where did he go? I was looking. Um, at he went to Carolina. Oh no, I screwed that up. I'm sorry. I was looking at. The, I've already uh, jumped through the the Souths, uh, so that's <laughs> that's my fault. Uh, the value pick. What the hell did I have? I think it was. Uh, is it you say it Reduns? Is it Dylan Reduns? Is that how you pronounce yes. it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. The reason I knew about him is because my team, the Vikings need an offensive tackle. And we thought that, that he might fall a little bit to the Vikings, uh, but he's from my neck of the woods, uh, North Dakota state. I live in South Dakota and I think he's going to be a good uh, tackle. Um, you know, kind of that first round caliber performance in terms of longevity, how long he can play, but you got him at a second round price. So I thought he was a high value pick. Uh, Wes, do you have another one outside of that? Yeah. Uh, Farley. Uh, a lot of people had him as the top corner available. Um, there was some news that broke a day or two before the draft, which, um, you know, he had questionable work ethic or whatever it was. And maybe that caused him to fall. Maybe it didn't. But uh, to get him at pick 25 is tremendous value. Wasn't the, wasn't the news with Farley uh, uh, injury related? I didn't. 
I don't know if I heard anything about it being work work ethic related. Maybe I'm wrong though, I guess. Yeah, I I don't recall exactly what what the premise was, but yeah, it, it may may or may not have caused him to fall and obviously Tennessee's the uh benefactor of that. For sure. Fall. For sure cuz he was ranked um, you know, pr- prior to the the whole I think it was his back actually. Uh prior to his uh injury news that came out to surface he he was ranked ahead of uh sertan even yeah another thing yeah. to rem- i just uh i have two uh shows for listeners out there that may maybe just listen to this one um believe in vikings and i just spoke with christian darasaw about 20 minutes ago uh he was a left tackle from virginia tech the same school that farley went to and i forgot that farley didn't play last year uh i was asking darasaw about you know do you keep up with your your teammates from college you text them whatnot and uh, I mentioned Farley and he's like, oh, yeah, he didn't play last year, uh, but blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know. That, I guess that didn't hurt a lot of people's stock. Trey Lance was third pick for, for Christ's sake. But right. um, yeah. but but it's weird that he would have this injury on his record or at least his stock would drop when he didn't even play last year. Uh, so, yeah, I started to think about that and how incongruent that was. Uh, let's see what. What question were we on there for? Uh, was it was it we still on value or were we on reach? No, we're on value. Uh, Jason, do you have an, a different one? No, I just I think well, you know, Caleb I think is is good. I'm, I'm gonna stick at the same team, and I mentioned him earlier. I think Elijah Molden was a big one okay. for where they got him. And yeah, uh, on reaches, I think we established that Mills was perhaps yeah a, a reach. Um, but I will say and. This is tricky because I could eat my words. Travis Ntn was a reach in the sense that Jacksonville does not need a running back. They have right. an undrafted commodity, which you should relish because you didn't have to spend any draft capital. And unless it was a fluke, Robinson should be running back for three to five years. And therefore, um, it feels like they're just going to get cute with uh, Lawrence's teammate, uh, something yeah. like an like an Urban Meyer thing that he likes. It's kind of like the Tebow garbage that he's done. It's like, well, we're oh, just yeah. gonna we're gonna draft NTN because he was a teammate. So perhaps they use him in a Alvin Alvin Kamara capacity where he's more of a wide receiver. Uh, we shall see. But there was a lot more value to build a franchise that was you know in smoldering uh, until Lawrence got there, and that's assuming he's good to begin with. Uh, so I would say NTN was a reach uh, because he's a running back, and because they already have one in James Robinson who. Who, uh, you know, should be celebrated for what he did as being an unsung halfback. Uh, anything outside of Mills or NTN, fellas? No, I, I think I think uh, you got it with NTN as well, uh, especially running back um, in the first round. Yeah, really and recently so, doesn't have a, a great track record. So yeah, somebody that didn't need one either. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it has to be just that. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe Lawrence said, you know what, I'm not going to pull an Eli Manning unless you take him. Puppet master. <laughs> but I will turn around um, for our next talking point on team that improved and compliment the Jaguars because I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't uh, point them out because even though they picked NTN, they still had draft picks galore and they were able to go down the roster and just say, boom, 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 here's what we need to get better. And if Lawrence is as good as everybody uh, forecasts, then they had to have gotten better. So uh, assuredly, Jacksonville, I think, got better on paper, but they had to because they were right. complete feces last year, and they the byproduct of that feces was Trevor Lawrence, and that's the way it goes. So um, yeah, they did they did quite good from the looks of it. I mean, yeah. you know, shoring up the secondary a little bit with Campbell, and then you know, got 
that tackle out of what who's that walker little yep mm-hmm. so yeah he's uh he's supposed to be one that can probably be a, a long-term starter so yeah uh outside of ntn and maybe that maybe he'll win rookie of the year uh but i just <laughs> thought it was puzzling because they don't need one and in this right. day and age you're supposed to avoid running backs uh that high and it made sense the steelers would take one because they needed one we've laughed a lot about benny snell um but with james robinson should be fine unless they think it was a fluke. Let's transition into the NFC South. Um, what do you have for solid drafts there, Wes? Uh, Carolina Panthers. Okay. They got a uh, defensive back, J.C. Horn, uh, Marshall, the LSU wide receiver in the second round, uh, Christensen, the tackle, uh, who you had mentioned earlier in the third, <laughs> yep. as well as uh, Tommy Tremble, uh, tight end from Notre Dame. Um with their their first four picks um all should be able to contribute um i'm sure all match kind of what um carolina's head coach is looking for uh you also have to factor in sam darnold to kind of that draft class as well um you know because obviously they had a chance to take justin fields and they didn't they they went with horn uh because uh, they made a trade for um, Darnold earlier, and you know, hope he can be the one that yeah. puts him over. And yeah, I think under I think under Brady, you know, down in Carolina, that I don't. I mean, Darnold is a pretty decent opportunity to to resurrect his career, so to speak. Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good situation. Uh, I indeed agree that Carolina um, had a solid draft, but I want to call out the Buccaneers because they basically had like a dartboard where they're like, hmm, we don't really need to even do this damn thing. So uh, (laughs) let's just pick guys that we're going to get better. It was the ultimate best player available draft, but it was by necessity, if that makes sense at all, because they're not deficient anywhere because they brought everybody back on a Super Bowl caliber team. So I would, as a general manager, that's like a playground. Uh, It's a recess where you can just be like, well, Joe Tryon, let's do him. Um, Kyle Trask, take a flyer there. So I like the fact that they had the leeway. Um, I don't really like it, but uh, it was cool for them that they got to just, uh, you know, just play darts and say, let's pick one of these dudes. So they had the flexibility, so to speak, to institute their version of a solid draft. In terms of teams that had a questionable one, I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt for me anyhow that says the Saints. Uh, Peyton Turner was supposed to be probably a second-round edge rusher that was picked. For some reason, the Saints um, got him earlier than usual. The rest of the draft doesn't look horrid, but, I mean, uh, who knows on that. But the thing about the Saints is that they were so underwater in the cap that they had to nail this draft to – um, keep up with their cost of living. Uh, they had to make it a good one because they spent all off season letting guys walk because they couldn't afford them. So I expected a, uh, you know, call to arms by them on draft night. And instead I was underwhelmed. So the proof will be in the pudding. If, if they can be the Winston whisperer, Sean Payton, that is, and prove me wrong. So be it. But right now, when I look at the draft, I'm like, well, you guys had to fill about 10 different positions. And I'm looking at your depth chart you didn't do much and maybe that was just by happenstance that when you're that nasty in your salary cap uh you can't fortify everything inside of a draft but to me the saints uh were questionable what's how did they you know i had a good friend of mine came and watched the draft with me and he was pretty uh (laughs) surprised in a in a bad way when they (laughs) took him first with that because there were some good guys still you know left on the board and i know jok was somebody that we were pounding the table for um Mm -hmm. for that but 
Uh, how do you get so far over the cap if you're if you're them? I mean, where what what is going on there? Was it is it Breeze that caused all this, or who are they paying? I guess Kamara, right? Kamara. Well, it's no, it was Everybody. like, uh, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong here. The way that I interpreted it, Wes, was it's like sunsetting deals. <clears throat> like they were, um, you know, mortgaging year after year to win now because deservedly so. They were a right. great football team that, <laughs> because of the Vikings and because of the pass interference call, couldn't get to the next level. Um, but they were in that constant, well, this is the last year with Breeze. This is the last yeah. year with Breeze. This is the last year with Breeze. So they wanted to surround him with everything humanly imaginable. And this was kind of like, uh, you know, the Enron where it just like this, this is it. Now you have to pay the piper. I didn't think there was that many players on that team that were getting paid significant contracts, though, I guess. But I don't pay attention to the Saints like, like you know. Well, it, it wasn't like, uh, you know folks that your your grandpa would know about by household names it was just solid solid players that were afforded handsome amounts of money but it was time to pay the piper on their next year option oh okay and, and the the covid crunch that came in yeah um probably threw a big wrench in you know what they were planning to do yeah uh they paid uh backup quarterback in Taysom hill i believe 15 mil uh last year and this year um, he's 31 years old. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows that or nobody cares that <laughs> when you think about him. You, you think, Oh, breeze is their apparent. He's 24. Let's see what he blossoms. Maybe he'll become a passer, but he, yeah. uh, you know, is like 31 years old and nobody cares. And he's, they're paying the gadget guy, you know, $12 million per year or whatever it is. And, I don't care. I'll say that a lot on the show, like good. Uh, but it's just, it's strange that they thought that he would deserve that type of money. But I remember that time that he played the, the Broncos uh, this last year when, uh, when the Broncos didn't have a starting quarterback, they put oh, yeah. the, Taysom Hill was in their quarterback and for him. And, and there was a big fantasy rave about some leagues would allow <laughs> you to play him at, at, yeah. What was it? Tight end, tight end. and, and yeah. quarterback. No, no, yeah. they, it was, you got to play. Like there was a one week glitch, so to speak, where yep. some platforms allowed him to be played as a tight end. Which oh yeah. Gave you a numerical advantage because you basically had two quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that was the, care of that. The scoundrels <laughs> took advantage of that. It's, it's the, you'll meet this in your fantasy travels. It's the guys that always seem to suck the waiver wire. The moment something good happens and Wes is one of those. So, oh. Oh, you look you look down at their lineup and you're like, oh, I'm going to go pick up Deshaun Jackson because he just got released. And you're like, oh, no, Wes already got him. Or they'd be yeah. like, oh, wait, they're going to allow Taysom Hill to be started tight end. Let me go see who's got him. Oh, Wes has got him. Yeah, so, you're so that guy. You'll find those uh, those leeches <laughs> that oh, do it. Man. But then they oh, always man. they always win the damn thing, too, on top. Yeah, of yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, fantasy football was horrible for my recovery. <laughs> yeah. Well, so are like the Broncos. Yeah, they were. Well, I was having a good year until uh, I uh, – was going up against the top person in my league, and uh, his defense somehow scored like thirty points. Then I, I never won another game, another week. God, it was awful. I was so mad the whole year. <laughs> but the one thing I do want to comment on in terms of the NFC South, or yeah, the NFC South is like with the Bucks. Uh, so, and you mentioned Davis Mills being a horrible, horrible reach pick for the, for the Texans. And that, and that is certainly correct in that case. I like the trash pick uh, for the bucks. Um, I, I wish I thought that the only way that could have been a better pick is if it would have been actually Davis Mills. 
okay. uh, in their hmm. case. I like Mills a little bit better than Trask there. Uh, but for the Bucks, that makes sense. Yeah. For 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 Houston, it makes zero. Yeah. Right. And they've got like how many? I know they released uh, Finley. Finley, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. It, but they got they got Watson, Terod, Mills, Driscoll. So I mean, it, it's, it's, it's Driscoll. It's, it, yeah. Besides Watson, we'll, and again, we'll talk about him shortly. It's like it's like this just. Just hodgepodge, just garbage. You know, you're looking around like I would be miserable if that was the Vikings. And I have seen Case the Cookus though. Case Cookus, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Cookus. Yeah, he, he he had a rise and fall of like four days with the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's wind, let's Can you imagine down. being a wide receiver and watching those quarterbacks waltz into the quarterback room? Oh yeah, when you know that like Watson is just there for your reach, but he can't play. It's so strange. Yeah, oh God, that'd be. Awful. What I have to wind out this segment is, um, let's see, high value. I already with the cat out of the bag. I thought Brady Christensen was a good pick for the Panthers. I already said Peyton Turner was a reach. And then um, I think in terms of improvements, it's hard to say that the Bucks improved because they really didn't need to. But I'll go back to uh, your first uh, nugget, Wes, that the Panthers, I believe, improve, especially if they hit on Horn and Marshall. Uh, Marshall is kind of a, a sleeper yeah. that should have gone the first round. Uh, what about uh, West? Do you have any any in rapid order? And then we'll move on to Julio Jones. Um, Pitts for high value. Um, oh yeah, didn't even could mention, arguably yeah. the the best you know player in the draft okay. to get him at pick number four. Uh, I also had Turner for the Saints, and then. Uh, also had Carolina for most improved. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> All right, so we got three, two or three big topics to talk about in the second half of our show. First one is Julio Jones, who was on air with Undisputed. Uh, we don't know if he knew he was on air, but he flat out confirmed or let the cat out of the bag that he will not go back to Atlanta, and he probably isn't high on the Cowboys either after he was photographed wearing a Cowboys sweatshirt at some point. Uh, but anyhow, so now he is officially trade bait, if he wasn't already. And uh, in terms of the speculation, the Niners are out there, the Patriots, the Titans are the biggies. Uh, but w- when do you think we'll see a trade, Jason? You think we'll see it after June 1st? Yeah. I mean, doesn't it, for cap reasons, doesn't that need to need to be that way? After, I mean, yep. you won't, certainly ain't going to see it before Monday, I wouldn't think. Yeah. No, he was yeah. the one with Rogers. It's kind of debatable when you want to spread out the hit. Um, but with Jones, I think the, the consensus is that will have to be after June 1st. And we thought that even yeah. back when it was just a tiny little rumor. And so the team, whoever takes takes on Julio is taking on the contract, right? Yeah. And it's taking on the contract 15 million for the first year. So it's got to be a team that has cap space um, right. or they're willing to get rid of something big. So I write a lot about the Vikings and there's, you know, the Vikings don't need Julio Jones, uh, nor would they utilize him in a pass happy offense because that's not what the Vikings do. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wrote that you almost have to trade Adam Thielen to make it make sense because uh, you would trade the, the future salary. And then for the Vikings standpoint, um, having three, almost all pro wide receivers in a run first offense doesn't make too much sense. So yes, uh, a team that is cap deficient, like, you know, the Packers would probably have to trade existing players plus draft picks to get them. Otherwise there's teams out there that just, you know, I don't, the Broncos don't need them either, but there's a, that's a team with cap space that could, you know, just spring it for draft picks. Jacksonville too, right? They got some cap space down there, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. um, I looked into it. The most likely, um destinations 
for teams that could use a wide receiver of his caliber. Uh, I know all teams could use a wide receiver of his caliber, but you also have to uh, appease what he's looking for. He wants to be on a contender. He, he's tired of missing the playoffs. Um, teams that fit that criteria, um, Washington football team, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, the Chargers, um, could be an up and coming team that, uh, he could slot into, uh, 49ers, uh, Patriots, and then the Arizona Cardinals and Baltimore Ravens would probably, uh, round out that list that have close to, uh, the amount of cap space needed. Uh, the Titans do not. Uh, Titans do not. They have to trade. Assets. They would really have to to clear up some room to to fit okay. him under. Yeah, because that's I know that uh, AJ Brown's recruiting him or whatever, and mm-hmm. that one's so. Yeah, if you know, I'm talking about where the Vikings really wouldn't use him right because they run first. Well, Titans are a run first team too, but the Vikings have Thielen and Jefferson, uh, two 1,000 yard co- commodities, whereas the Titans have AJ Brown and then just some other things um, they would build their own little version of a Thielen and Jefferson, which uh, arguably better with uh, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, or maybe even equivalent depending on how you look at it. So Titans would be a destination yeah. that are dissimilar to the Vikings, even though the Titans and Vikings play very similar brands of football. Yeah, they do. And, and did you throw uh, the Colts into that? Yeah. Uh, I potential? did. Yes. Yeah. And for what it's worth, uh, Vegas odds, um, Atlanta, they have it plus 500. Um, but after that, uh, Chargers and Patriots are also at plus 500. And then Ravens and Colts are plus 600 uh, directly after that. My prediction is the Ravens because that would finally solve the what are they going to do? Uh, we've laughed about Watkins being their, their signature signing, which would have been cool in 2015. Um, but now it's Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown, and Watkins, which – if it was Mahomes throwing him the ball, then it's like, whoa. But for some reason, Jackson doesn't command that clout yet um, in terms of a thrower of the football. So, But right. you had Julio Jones there. Then you got Julio Jones, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman. And then all of a sudden, it sounds like, wow. That's how much one guy would change that. Anyway, anyway, a potential, um, and I don't know how this works, like pre-trade, but a potential restructure for Julio um, to get on that contender to a potential contender that may not have the cap space available? It's possible. Uh, I know we've talked before about the uh, voidable years. Uh, currently, he, um, he'll count $23 million against the cap for this year, and then um, in 22 and 23, uh, he has a 19.26 million cap hit in each of those years. Uh, he's 32 years old. That's uh, old in receiver years. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they could stretch some of that uh, cap into like uh, 25 or 26 with voidable years. Um, that could be an option. Um, but obviously, for our, for our yeah, listeners so. that may not be as versed with the cap, and I know I'm one of them. Uh, didn't you say, Dustin, <laughs> he's whatever team's taking him on is going to have to make sure they have 15 available. Yeah. I but then that's... you just said 23 against the cap. So the, the the remaining eight is getting absorbed by Atlanta. Yeah, dead. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I, I know this 
intimately the dead cap stuff because when Stefan Diggs was traded, that was something the Vikings had to absorb and they were a cap strapped team. So <laughs> we were crunching pennies about, well, how much is dead cap going to be? So it's, it's very rarely um, a, a straight trade of the guys entire contract. It's built in so that there's almost like a penalty for trading a player. Oh, because, I got it. Yep. Because they, they want tr- players want that stability. And if teams really want to get rid of a player, then at least they have to, you know, take a gut shot for it. And that's the dead cap. And so he'll make 23 yeah. total. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Eight of it's coming from Atlanta. 15's coming from whoever takes him yeah, on. Th- think exactly. of it. Th- this is the, the, the criminality of the Wentz trade uh, because the Eagles essentially have to pay <laughs> for Wentz to, to play quarterback for the Colts for the entire the entire amount. And then. Oh, uh, no, it's 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 a it's how much. It, well, we can look it up. It's a chunk of the guaranteed money. So depending okay. on how you look at it, spanned out over the years. But to be rid of that and, you know, not the head coach, not that he is tied in financially, but to start a new era, they had to pay for Wentz to leave. And that's that's what they be, did with Osweiler a few years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to the Browns. Yeah, yeah. They had to find a team that would. Uh, well, we take them. Uh, then you know, they, they we're the second the rounder. We <laughs> yeah, need a second the... rounder too. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Ruth, like, think about that associated to your name. It's just you can't you can't give it away. Type of thing. we're gonna pay fifteen million just to get this guy out of here. <laughs> Just vicious. Uh, so that's a segue, Wes. Um, you're our capologist. Um, yeah. we, it was the news broke that the cap will go up to, is it 208? Yeah, 208.2 million uh, was agreed upon today uh, between the NFL and NFLPA. Uh, that's the cap ceiling. So that's as high as it can go for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put it in perspective, uh, this year's salary cap is um, 182.5 million. Um, there's no floor currently currently set for next year. Uh, my guesstimate would put the numbers in the um, high 90s to low 200s for the actual cap itself. Oh, uh, how did wait? Say that last part again. So the 208 so, is goal. So the 208 is as high as it can go. It's not. Uh, guarantee oh, okay. that it's going to get that high. Okay. Um, I I would probably say it'll be around two o three, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. would be my guesstimate. Um, what's going to help it is the uh the TV deal that they signed. Uh, also the betting venture that now they're you know all in on, uh, which is something new. So okay. there's going to be a lot of revenue. Um, from those markets that help drive that number up. And 208 was what it was supposed to be this offseason, correct? Because um, it was 198 in 2020. Believe so, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, it was yeah. supposed to balloon, but instead it reduced. And right. so um, t- general managers that were prepping for 198, you know, in their long-term planning, all of a sudden got uh, sliced off at the knees. And I think it started at 178. At least that was the theory. And then you said it capped at 182. So there's two things that'll come out of this from the fans perspective is that uh, at this time next year, about 10 months from now, <clears throat> it's going to feel like your team has all the money in the world uh, <laughs> because the cap will go up 20 something million dollars and boom, that's, that's two players 
in a uh, off season that are just like free gravy signings. And if you manage the cap well to begin with, then it's just even more gravy money. Um, but then I start to think about, is there going to be oversaturation, uh, kind of a mini version of the NBA 2015 summer where you just have money to spend. And so, and that might be why these guys are signing one year deals because they're waiting for their, their payday uh, when there's a normal off season. So it, it well, well. that doesn't, that doesn't be the ladder like you just mentioned. You don't want you don't want a bunch of money going to people that don't deserve it, but just because you have it. You know what I mean? Is that right. what you were referring to, kind of? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like uh, there's one always stands out. Um, well, there's a bunch of them, but uh, <laughs> uh, Timothy Mozgov from the Cavaliers. Yeah. Um, LeBron made him like a a good role player name in the 2015 NBA Finals. Well, I, he did his part too, uh, Mozgov. And then the Lakers gave him was it four years, seventy two million. Yeah, something unholy like that. And that was just one of the oddities that summer. Like <laughs> right. even the guys that were mid-tier stars, but still stars like Michael Conley at that point got the max deal. And and it was because the money was there and it had to go somewhere. Luol Deng is the other criminal one. And I think Lakers, are they finally done paying that? No, nope. uh, I think they have one more summer. <laughs> it's like Bobby Bonilla type of shit. <laughs> He's still getting paid. Yeah. 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 So um, that's, I mean, not that the NFL would go quite to that uh, pendulum of an extreme, um, but they're get, there's going to be money available to spend. So agents are going to say, uh, I know how much money's in your bank there, sir. And my client needs, you know, this much more than he would have asked in the off season of 2021. So it's just, it's just economics. There's going to be more money available and um, players will probably ask for more because they took it in the shorts this year. And right. Bobby Bodie has collected a yearly check. <laughs> it's, yeah. And the, the, the funny part about that is, is that, the most of the world forgets about that for a year and then it goes and then whatever date that is it, it's on facebook it's on yeah. Twitter, it's on the sports National center bobby bonilla payday yeah, it's bobby bonilla day and then we all relive our memories of the bobby bonilla baseball cards and all that and then somehow this son of a bitch still gets like these giant checks yeah and it, it's just mind-boggling um huge checks. that deal i mean it's 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 strange what, a, why isn't all place. the players in sports fighting <laughs> that guy's agent right <laughs> there's a similar deal with uh alan iverson and reebok um, oh yeah he gets like a yearly payout and i i think maybe like six of his closest friends do too or something crazy like that oh really and does he do yeah. anything with them anymore i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the best part that yeah. is awesome <laughs> i had the uh so i i'm sure you guys um just based on your age were big into the shoe game and i had my fair share of i still have my fair share of jordans um but in in high school you know that was the thing and then i remember one time uh i found a pair of iverson's uh, that were the patent leather that were like blue. And then the Reebok was like in gold. And then they had the white on the sides. Yeah. And uh, I found them at some footlocker at the Mall of America for like 50 bucks. And they were on clearance. And I, I remember buying them and they were really cool. Uh, and that's that's the extent of which my Iverson uh, fascination <laughs> went because I was always a Jordan guy. And you really couldn't be both at the time. Right. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, that's my little shoe story. You, you could be Shaq in Jordan. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Remember, no remember, doubt the, about remember it. the shacks? Oh yeah. yeah. The like the psychosis ones. Yeah. Well, when you were describing the AIs that you just were uh with the blue and the and the gold and the white, I, I thought of Shaq's first shoes when he first came into the league with the magic. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, they're uh, if you well, I don't know if it's on display now, but my wife and I for our two year anniversary went to Manhattan. Neither one of us had been to New York City, and we went into the NBA store right in Times Square. And first of all, one th- cool thing is they have Kawhi Leonard's handprint on the ball, uh, or no, Durant, Durant's handprint on the ball. Um, like you can put your hand in it and it's, you feel like a toddler when you put your hand in it. and I'm <laughs> six, five. And so you start to think to yourself, no wonder Durant is, has this it's so in the bag because his hands are like humongous. It's, it's crazy, but got, his hand goes over a basketball like ours would a baseball. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, <laughs> right, and you right. start, like I said, you think, well, no wonder he's money, uh, because he's got these kind of hands, but, uh, in that same area they have shacks that psychosis shoe and in person you know it looks like a water ski and i wear size 14 shoes and i see his 21s or whatever they are and you just you feel like a little kid so that's it that's <laughs> let's fascinating to uh rogers and watson before we get off air uh the rogers news this week was noteworthy because it was really the first time that he has spoken after the draft day reports that he uh was malcontent um, he went on Kenny Maine's final show, I believe it was, on ESPN, yeah. and he did all the right things. He complimented the fans, the city, his teammates, and then basically said that the culture was suspect with the Packers, and he made no mention in all his roll call of thanks or praise of the leadership, the general manager and whatever the other guy's name is. Uh, right. So he did the diplomatic or political dance where he said all the right things and strategically basically said, you guys are right with this reporting. It's the management. And there was no resolution that that would have been the perfect forum for him to say, all this was overblown. I'm coming back to Wisconsin. You can't listen to these Schefters and these guys like, but he didn't do that. And every right. step of the way that he's quiet, it speaks leaps and bounds. And then his team is at OTAs like uh, the other squads are. And he's in Hawaii uh, with Miles Teller and uh, Shalene Woodley. So, I mean, he can do what he wants. He's usually at OTAs. And when he isn't, it's kind of glaring. But I God, I this one is so fascinating because it can end in three ways. He can retire and host Jeopardy. The Packers can be stubborn and just sit on him and not let him go anywhere. Almost like, you know, if we can't have you, nobody can. Or they can trade them and, you know, get a, a whirlwind of uh, compensation. So, uh, Wes, how do you think that remedies and what is your overall thoughts after the Kenny Main interview? Yeah, um, I, I think he's digging his heels in, in the ground. Um, I'll equate it to uh, when the Deshaun Watson news first broke uh, when he wanted out of Houston. Um, you know, I, I would show up to... Uh, preseason, do the bare minimum. Uh, you know that they're not going to bench him. Um, I'd run out there and I'd take three quick kneel downs uh, to start the opening drive and kind of see what what happens from there. Force uh, force the <laughs> upper management's hands. That would be bold. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> How do you think it gets resolved? Uh phew. I, I really can't say. I mean, I I think he's stubborn enough, especially just seeing how uh, he's treated his family um, to really be true to his word and dig his feet in. Um, but I also, you know, can see the Packers doing the same and, 
it'd just be an old-fashioned standoff. Uh, where you have to watch it is how uh, the rest of the team responds. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, the top five pass catchers from last year are not at OTAs either. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's you know standing in solidarity with Rodgers or, or what it is. Um, but you know, obviously he's been with the team for 16 years and, um, you know, has won his share of games and won over his teammates, uh, I'm assuming. Uh, so, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens really. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have time for a standoff. That's the only problem here. If he was 28, he would, he doesn't, he's in, he's my age. And he just doesn't have time. I mean, in theory, he could take a year off and then see how it goes when he comes back. But it'd be a really, really old standoff. Uh, Jason, what do you have on the Rodgers stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I mean, he doesn't have time to sit there. And yeah, he could dig his heels in unless football's really not too terribly important to the guy, which it, it it's never really appeared that it is with with him i mean when you when you look at brady i mean you you know that football's all this guy breathes right and uh i mean i i'm not saying that he doesn't he doesn't want to play football or he doesn't want to win or anything like that but one thing comes to my mind is a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it you said what what what's the what's the gm's name uh, Brian Gutkunst. Gutkunst. Yeah, I like saying that. No, but you you made it sound like this guy's purposely just trying to mess with Roger's yeah. life. So so assuming that's I believe true, it. Assuming yeah. that's true, he probably wants this to happen. He wants Rogers not to play, and he's not going to trade him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, I mean, well, he still has a uh, enterprise to look out for, you know, I know, I know, it, I know exactly. Well, and then getting back to what you were saying too, about uh, like the wide receivers not being there. How, if Rogers has this feeling about the management, it's, it's, you have to assume others do too, right? I mean, he can't just be Rogers that hates the management and everybody else is okay with how they run, run things, or maybe it is. Who knows? No, I don't think I don't think it would. Well, there's always this dynamic that Rogers may or may not be a little prickly on uh, the way that he does things or might. I just think he's a free, free spirit that yeah. likes to do things his way, which may not be the, the Gutkunst way. And it's just <laughs> it's a tug of war in terms of egos where Rogers established a top blah, blah, blah quarterback of all time. And um, the general manager, you know, says this is my ship and this is how I do things. And it's got kind of more of that hard ass approach when uh, Rogers would just like to be consulted or even Alex Smith was on a show today and talked about how the Chiefs were like holding his hand every step of the way when they drafted Mahomes and said, this is our future plan. Uh, This is what we see for you. And they were honest. Now, Rodgers isn't uh, in the league of Alex Smith in terms, you know, Alex Smith isn't in Rodgers league, uh, but it would have been classy for him to be notified instead of him finding out like you know on the smartphone that he had somebody nipping at his heels and for some reason the Packers just didn't do that so I think that it's a little bit of both that Rogers probably just a different guy and uh, the Packers general manager is trying to you know flex man I just don't know how it'll end um, I don't either we'll find out next yeah. week perhaps oh yeah, Actually, yeah. yeah next Tuesday uh you know, we, we should be able to find out some, some things and where this is all going to end up. And, um, you know, and I, I, I thought it was nice or, 
refreshing maybe that Rogers during that interview um, came out and actually paid homage or, you know, respects to, to Jordan love and mm-hmm. was, you know, complimented him and dismissed the notion that that was the reason that he's doing this. I thought that was, cause that's what a lot of people were, you know, the narrative that a lot of people were trying to drive home is that, Oh, they didn't, you know, they don't get Rogers any, any weapons. And then the, the last, the, the last dagger in the heart or whatever was when they <laughs> drafted Jordan love. Yeah. yeah. And he pretty much said, no, that has nothing, that has nothing to do with it. I get, you know, j- yeah, that's, you know, talking about how good they get along and stuff. And that could have been just political jargon too. But I, it seemed to me that he, he meant that and was a direct shot at the yeah. management. Yeah. And I think he remembers how he was treated with Favre and maybe that wasn't um, as hunky dory or as buddy, buddy as he would have liked. So <laughs> And like I said, I think Roger <clears throat> Rogers is a reasonable guy and, yeah. uh, you know, progressive and sensible. And probably I think he has no qualms with Jordan Love. Um, but something is happening for the last, what, three or four years that he's just sick of. And <laughs> he's probably enamored with the fact that Brady got to do a new chapter and then bada bing, he wins a Super Bowl. If I'm Rogers, I look at that and I look at, you know, your team, Jason, and it's just like, well, God, I could just go to that team and have a fresh start just like Brady and it, it, I, the, it, the Broncos are tailor-made for Rogers. There's no they are. more they so are. than more so than the Raiders who might be interested. And I just don't think the Packers would trade him in the NFC because Washington, right. to the best of my knowledge, Washington is the only football team in the world that right now doesn't have a long-term plan at quarterback. They've got Fitzpatrick and then the, uh, Taylor Heineke and uh, that other guy. Um, so it's that's the only team in the NFL that doesn't forward think as of right now. So right. some pay- of my, my beat writers in Colorado too, that, you know, like your Albrights and stuff, they were talking about a realistic package and it's not going to be as much as, as one might think to, to get Rogers. They through rumblings or whatever included like Teddy B in the package. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, which leads me to believe, well, well then what happens with Drew? Yeah. If they brought Rogers into Denver, is Drew going to remain on that team? And if so, why? Um, That would be so bizarre <laughs> because by the time Rogers would be wrapping it up, a lock would be about 28, 29. It would be un- really unfair so to speak, if, yeah. if if one considers Locke a franchise quarterback, and I think we'll find out this year whether he is or isn't. So it, I guess in theory, if they just wanted a really good backup quarterback, um, but that's what Bridgewater is. So right, yeah. they would want to deal Locke, and then Locke is a lot more sexy in terms of his potential than Bridgewater is right now. I wouldn't have said that uh, uh, five years ago because Bridgewater um, came out of the gate pretty hot. Uh, but you know, Locke has everything riding on this season. Um, like I equated to Daniel Jones, that they both are in make or break seasons, and there's no other way around it. So I think yeah, he yeah. deserves a fair shot. Obviously, he'd be shoved to the side if it was uh, Rodgers being traded. But then I think that uh, Locke would go be the quarterback in Green Bay. That's that's the way that I would see it. Or sorry, he and Jordan Love would have to duke it out. And I yeah. just don't know if Love is ready. Yeah, and he would. Yeah, I think he would take that job. It's a tough position that the Broncos uh, GM is in right now, too. I mean, you you can't say no to Rogers, but then you got this this inkling that that lock could be ready to 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 take off. And, you know, that's a big what if, but that's part of the reason they they were unwilling to trade him. So, but how long has Gutenkoos been the GM over there in uh, Green Bay? 
Oh, you'll have to look that up, Wes, but it's not. I think three years? Yeah, because. Uh, oh, fairly new then. Yeah. yeah. The the longtime dude that never signed any free agents, he stepped away. Thompson, he stepped away not too <laughs> long ago. And it, I think it's like almost to the, the day or whatever, not the day, but the same offseason that he stepped away is when they signed the Smith brothers in free agency. So I was like, oh, God, now the Packers are actually going to sign some free agents now. Hey, I hate that. And they got, they got Preston and Zadarius, who uh, were pretty you know robust their first uh, season together. And then uh, one of them, Preston, took a little step back last year. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was the, is it Tommy Thompson? No, Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson. That's yep. it. It's almost as if Thompson said to Gutenkust here, he's like, yo, whatever you do, just make sure you don't do anything Rogers wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's down the line. It's, it's draft after draft. And even this year when things were at their most tense, they went with a cornerback who they could have got the next day, if not the day after that. <laughs> it doesn't matter who the GM <laughs> is in Green Bay. They just will not do what Rogers wants no. them to do. No, he's like the only upper echelon quarterback that seems to have no pull whatsoever in the front <laughs> office. Doesn't matter who it is either. No, it's man, that's crazy. All right. Uh, let's finish out with Watson. Um, he, we said last week that the, the news on him has got surprisingly quiet. Um, Wes, you told me earlier that he should be deposed in this matter in 2022. Um, yep. I think that we would have heard about it by now that that would mean he could play this year, but oh, by the way, he still doesn't want to play for the Texans. We forget that uh, <laughs> that's still a huge part of it. Now his leverage is probably shot to the depths of hell. Uh, trade <laughs> leverage, why? I don't even know. Like, think about your team acquiring Watson. Like, you're not going to give up the farm because he could never play again. It's yeah. a very awkward situation. So, Wes, give me your two cents on this. Yeah, so uh, he won't be deposed till early 2022, is what they're saying. Um, I know we briefly talked about this earlier. I think there's a good chance that he he will play. Um, if he doesn't play, he'll probably wind up on the commissioner's exempt list, uh, much like Adrian Peterson did uh, when the news came out about um, he and his son um, to where he's on, on that list and he's not going to be playing until these legal matters um, take care of themselves. I think the NFL right now is treading lightly, um, collecting information to uh, make the best judgment call. Obviously, Watson, up-and-coming quarterback, uh, face of his franchise, pseudo-face of the league along with Mahomes. Um, They don't want to outright ostracize him, but at the same time, you know, it's a business and, you know, they're going to protect the shield at all costs, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of tidbits of information they can obtain uh, that the general public uh, doesn't. Yeah. Jason, um, if let's say in some miracle utopian scenario for uh, Houstonians, the NFL is like, yeah, you're not going to be dealt with until 2022. So go ahead and play my man. How much better would the Texans be this year? I mean, they were four and twelve last year. How much better do you think they got this off season? You know, I, I can't imagine that. It's it's tough for me to understand to to fathom how. I mean, if I'm putting myself into Sean Watson's shoes, and these things are happening, how do you focus on your career? 
I just don't know how mentally you could go out there, regardless if this is true. If it's not, it doesn't really make a difference. It's looming there. Right. You know, I mean, how do you go out there? And even if he because he played well last year, but how do you go out there and play as good as that? I mean, it, it doesn't make him any better. I, I don't think it makes the Texans any better at all. Um, from I don't think it, from last year. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I just don't know how one person can be going through such a legal and emotional. I mean, it's got to all this has to be affecting him emotionally and spiritually and the like, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, you got to have that's got to be a heavyweight weighing on you, whether it's guilty or innocent. That that, that doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, I mean, it does and it doesn't. You know what I mean? You got yeah. something like that happening. Um, you got to be thinking about it constantly, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, mentally, well, I think mentally and physically who knows but i don't think it makes the texans any better Wes, how much better would watson how much better would the texans be comparative to 2020 when they were four and 12 if watson was magically available week one maybe six and ten maybe eight and eight yeah marginally um obviously the the texan um GM from New England, who's kind of revamped the roster. Um, I know we talked about, you know, his free agent finds. He seemed to add depth at almost every position, which, you know, depth will breed competition. So hopefully, you know, the the top players from the that competition rise and, um, you know, perform well. But, I, you know, I, I don't think they have enough n- – Big names to to make a difference. Uh, obviously, they um, released JJ Watt. Um, that defense still has some pieces from you know the years prior. Uh, Whitney Merciless mm-hmm. being one of them. Um, it, it's really up in the air right now, just based on how many pieces they added this year. Um, yeah, and not, we can't forget Dustin too. Uh, he absolutely hates the Texans. Yeah. So you couple of massive, (laughs) you you couple of massive resentment with all that weight that I just, you know, described. Oh man, I think it may, I I might even make them worse. Yeah. I (laughs) see. I, I, I did it just there. That's an example. I, in that, when I posed that question to you guys, I completely forgot for about a minute that he wants to be traded. That's how, that's how much this uh the allegations against him have engulfed uh his trade request rumors and overshadowed them um because let's say the league did did say like we found no wrongdoing or hey we're not gonna do anything to you until you get through the legal trouble so go play my man we i i completely forgot for one minute that he wants to be traded and so but then you, you start to ask well what gm is going to give a trade package for a guy that might play for a year and then could be outstanding from beyond, or he could be in prison, uh, yeah. you know, or, you know, heavily, um, just, oh man, just despised if, if the civil stuff comes out and proves that he was responsible. Uh, so it's almost like, God, will they give up a second and a third for him? Whereas four months ago, we were like, how many firsts is it going to take? Yeah. And the trade conversation is markedly different. And the other thing, and we'll get out of uh, off air on this note, is if even if he did play for the Texans and there was a kumbaya, the division that they're up against, the, the 
Titans from the ground up have been built to be structurally sound. They showed that their 2019 campaign to get to the AFC Championship was not a fluke. Uh, their their coach in Vrabel is spectacular. Ryan Tannehill is having a marvelous second act. And Derrick Henry's got a few years left on his prime. So at the very least, they're going to be 9-7 and seven and probably better. And then you have the, the Colts with Colts. The, the almighty Wentz experiment. If that yeah. clicks, they're good for 10-6. and six. And then the upstart Jaguars, they're going to be... Uh, probably a good season for them would be seven and nine, eight and eight. And that's just too many wins for a team deficient in its depth chart to circumvent. Uh, so right. I think that's another nugget too. But, <laughs> yeah. but then again, it, it's such a mess because he doesn't want to play there. The law doesn't want him there. The NFL may or may not want him there. And <laughs> yeah. then we don't know what his price tag is. <laughs> and, we, and we're asking, if this guy goes out and plays football with a clear mind. <laughs> I mean, especially if it was for the Texans. I mean, he'd be out there pissed and, you know, oh, constantly just... looking over his shoulder. I mean, that would be a god-awful place spiritually to be. What a fall from fall from grace. All right, well, we'll be back really next is. week with our final round of, I think we have one more round of, Draft. Uh, the draft. And if, is it the Wests? Uh, the Wests, yeah. We'll do the Wests, and then we'll have all of the, uh, you know, com- uh, coming-of-age tidbits from that week. Um, but and we're, hey, we're also I think I've plugged this before, but uh, we're close to getting some guests and I'll, I'll tease those um, on our, our Twitter and all of that franchise tag. But um, as for tonight, that's all we got. And peace. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.